the one and only Kevin King is back to talk about something many Amazon sellers might have wanted to keep secret. A huge failure of his last year that resulted in the loss of over a million dollars and what Amazon sellers can learn from it. But he's also got some huge news about the Freedom Ticket Amazon course. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hey guys, you know, we've had a few guests here on the podcast that work for Thrasio. Now, what Thrasio is, is they're a company that acquires leading FBA brands from small business owners just like you. They've got the experience of acquiring over 125 Amazon businesses, so they've seen it all when it comes to managing and growing an Amazon brand. So if you are thinking about selling your FBA business, visit Thrasio.com forward slash helium 10 to connect with the Thrasios deal team. That's T-H-R-A-S-I-O.com forward slash helium 10 for more information on if your brand is a good fit for Thrasio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show. That's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon, Walmart world, anybody selling online, we've got a wide variety of guests, as you guys know. And uh, one of the all-time favorite guests uh, on this show is definitely the king, Mr. Kevin King. Kevin, how's it going? It's going, Bradley. How you doing, Mr. World Traveler? <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I've been, I've been traveling uh, a lot, as you probably have noticed from my Instagram and, and different things. You know, I'm trying to catch up to your what is it? Some ridiculous number of fifty-five countries you've been to, or something crazy like that? Oh, come on, Bradley! Don't sh- don't don't shoot me short, man. You gotta you gotta have my back. I've been to ninety-two. Ninety-two. I got a long ways to go. I'm still like in the the thirties or forties or something. Okay, so I, I still got a long ways to go. Um, we've got some exciting things to talk about today uh, that have to do with the uh, you know the, the freedom ticket program and and, and some new thing that uh, you're working on that seems exciting I got to see a little sneak peek when you came visit us at the office a, a few weeks ago but I, f- I thought that the first like half of this sh- show or something will do something that you and I haven't done and that some people sometimes are afraid to do and that's talking about an actual big failure you know I love talking about wins. And, and everything, and of course, we celebrate those wins, and and it's important that people understand the the potential. But at the same time, it's important that people understand that you know Amazon's not always rainbows and unicorns. Uh, you could be one of the foremost experts in the world on Amazon and still have failures. So, so Kevin, are you down to talk about one of your your biggest Amazon failures? Um, sure. Yeah, we can we can talk about that. Uh, you're talking about the one that uh, we shared at the Billion Dollar Seller Summit uh, uh, earlier this year, right? Yeah, that's okay, the one. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So let's set the stage. You know, first of all, this was a a company that you started around the uh, the beginning of COVID that had to do with you know like hand sanitizer. Now, had you already been planning to do a hand sanitizer kind of company, or was it strictly because of what you saw happening w- w- with COVID uh, at the beginning of last year? So it all started uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I was working with uh, started putting together a company with a couple partners uh, that are based in Hong Kong. It's an American guy and a British guy. And we were, uh, they, they had a, a, one of their friends had quite a bit of money and kind of wanted to get in the Amazon space. And they came to me, they saw me speak at the uh, Global Sources show over in Hong Kong and came over to uh, Guangzhou and we met and they said, hey, let's, let's do some stuff together. We're really good at sourcing. You know, Amazon, we got a guy that's got some money. Let's, uh, let's do something together. I'm uh, like, all right, sure. Um, and so we, we played around for about, a, about six, eight months or so with coming up with ideas and then we decided, hey, let's let's do something in the uh, sustainable business, and uh, we created a company that that makes products out of recycled ocean waste. And you know, we put together the whole deal. We brought in like Scott Dietz from Northbound. We're like, you know, we're going to build this thing to sell this in three years. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I preach. Um, you know, what I teach, um, and let's let's build this right from the ground up. Make sure the operating agreements all correct and everything is set up. You know, perfectly from the start. And we we. The money got wired over for the initial investment, you know, several hundred thousand dollars with a, a line of credit into the millions. And and we decided, you know what, <clears throat> Let, let's get this going. And right about that time, um, COVID hit, you know, really hard over here in the U.S. Uh, this was uh, late February, early March, uh, before all the lockdowns happened. And my partners over in Hong Kong, because they're in the sourcing business, they said, hey, 
you know, we, we, we got this in on this hand sanitizer made in India and we're getting this stuff for like, I don't know, 10 cents a bottle and we're selling it for like, you know, a buck a bottle or two bucks a bottle, whatever here in Hong Kong, you think there's any opportunity on Amazon? I'm like, dude, I don't want to get into that stuff. You know, this is another fidget spinner, another, uh, hoverboard type of thing. That's just going to be a, a fad. And, and I was like, I don't think so. And so they kind of proceeded on for about a month. Um, and we're selling it in Hong Kong and then it came back around like, dude, we're, we're really crushing it here. We can get this stuff. And, and I was like, well, let me take a look. And so I went on to helium 10 and, you know, pulled up all the numbers with x-ray from the past couple of years and looked at some other tools I have. And I'm like, you know what, this stuff sells. Okay. Even in a non COVID time, if we do this, every Tom, Dick and Harry is going to be trying to, to come out with their own hand sanitizer and wipes and masks and all that. Let's do this and build a true brand. If we're going to do this, let's do it right. And so they went back to a couple friends of theirs that that had money, and they said, "Hey, you guys interested?" They're like, "Hell yeah, we're interested." And especially when I showed them the numbers from March, you know, from uh, X-rays showing that, you know, Art Naturals and some of these guys are doing just freaking crazy numbers, like a two hundred thousand dollars a day or some on each skew or some crazy numbers. And like, let's get into it. And I'm like, all right, if we're going to do it, let's build a brand. And so, but we can't use these India guys because these India guys are not FDA approved. As we start looking into it, there's a lot of regulations and, and stuff. And so we had to find another factory in China uh, to do it because uh, we couldn't find anybody in the U.S. There was no supply. Mm-hmm. And around this time, um, Steve Simonson, who some of you know, he and I were talking and he, he had been hesitant to get into it too, but he had ended up buying, I think, some, some masks from somebody and they were selling like crazy. And so... He said, hey, you know, maybe maybe uh, I'd like to get in on this hand sanitizer business with you, Kevin, and uh, and let's see what we can do. And I, I got all these distribution channels in Walmart and Costco, and, you know, I got this all, all this other stuff, and maybe we can add wipes to this mix because I've got a factory. Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine owns a factory in, up in Wisconsin that usually makes flooring, the chemicals for flooring, and he's had to lay off like 35 people. What if we put them back to work and we have like a made in USA and we do wipes? Uh, since because we couldn't get wipes, we we're talking to wipes factories, and it's like, yeah, we can serve you in a year and a half. You know, our production capacity mm-hmm. is full. And so Steve came on board, uh, and then these two guys put in a substantial amount of money, uh, and we launched. And in June, uh, before we launched, Amazon came out with something called the COVID Store, and yeah. it, and they had basically taken Perel and Germex and all the big brands and kind of moved it over into this COVID Store, which was restricted to hospitals and governments and whatever. So basically. People couldn't hoard this stuff, and they're trying to control mm-hmm. it. We got approved for that, and so because I was seeing people selling on Amazon and getting knocked down left and right, you know, they'd have a hand sanitizer up, and the next day it'd be gone because mm-hmm. Amazon was trying to tightly control yeah. the market and, and didn't want a lot of people in there with stuff that's just not approved. So we got approved for the COVID store. We had a guy at Amazon that we we hooked up with that's like a business development guy who ended up being a lifesaver a number of times where I could just pick him up, call him on his cell phone and say, you know, hey, this we got this problem. He'd, he'd get it fixed for us. So yeah. I wasn't having to deal with Seller Central. We launched uh, the first one, first uh, hand sanitizers in June, and we were doing something where you buy three and we give one to charity. And we did a, a huge branding around it. I mean, you know, the, uh, we created a jingle. My wife created a jingle uh, mm-hmm. that we, we did. We did videos. We did Really Germ cool shark your hand. Right. Da, da, da. I remember exactly. that one. <laughs> uh, it's like a little, pretty cool little uh, video. And we did create a whole website and a whole nine yards. We go up on Amazon. We didn't have the product yet, but I'm um, like, everybody else is selling and saying it's coming out of China and going to take six weeks to get there. We should be okay, especially with all the branding that we were doing. And so we, we went up, I think, June 2nd of uh, 2020. And at that time, there was no PPC. Well, on June 3rd for, for hand sanitizer, it was banned. For any kind of PPE products, on June third they quietly opened it up, and somehow I don't remember how I figured it out. I think I was just testing, and I was like, "Holy cow, this freaking worked!" Ads are starting to show up, and so we were one of the first ones to to actually start showing up on ads after they had basically shut it off for a couple hmm. couple months. And we just and we were saying, uh, you know, the product's not going to ship until July first or something, but order it now. And we started doing gangbusters, like forty thousand dollars a day without even having the product, and it was just wow. blowing up. $40,000 a day? Yeah, uh, on like two SKUs uh, without without even having the product to ship. You know, it's say wow. delivery, order June 3rd and delivery July 10th or whatever it said. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we were selling like crazy. No reviews, nothing. Uh, no launch. Uh, actually, we did, we did actually do a, a couple search find buys, 
uh, actually just to get some positioning. As, um, and then when we came into stock, um, we started shipping it. And this was wipes that were made in the U.S. and hand sanitizer that was made in, in, in China. Well, we had some problems. The first hand sanitizer smelled like stinky feet. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> our QC people didn't do their job right. And when you would rub it on, people started complaining like, man, it smells like dirty socks or something. Uh-huh. Like, oh, my gosh. And then the wipes that we had made here in the U.S., it was difficult to find packaging, even to get gallon jugs or buckets or whatever to put the wipes in. Uh-huh. It was difficult. And so we were having to pay this one guy, this cloth guy, and the, the owner of the factory was having to drive to Chicago to pick it up in his, in his van and drive it back. And we were making these big, huge jumbo-sized wipes, big wipes. Mm-hmm. And we we couldn't get the buckets, the plastic buckets to put them in. We were having some made in China, but there's just no supply in the U.S. So we had to put them in, in a, like a big Ziploc bag. And we found these guys that would make these big Ziploc bags, and they'd say they're, they're leak-proof. Uh, no problems. They're, they're totally leak-proof. Uh, we guarantee it, uh, and we tested them. You know, we put some alcohol in them and like stepped on them, and no problems. So we manufactured, you know, like four thousand of these things. And, and because the cost of all the alcohol was shooting through the roof, our our landed costs on these from the U.S. was like thirty bucks for it's a big wow. box of two hundred seventy-five. Yeah. You know, this is like a nine by twelve huge box. It's not little tissue size, but like industrial yeah. size. That's all that we could get supply on, and we were selling them for ninety dollars a box. And they're going gangbusters, just gangbusters on Amazon. And we ship them out. And we had to do some of the initial ones because we did advanced sales. We had to do it FBM. So all the advanced sales had to go FBM. And then once everything got checked into FBA, you know, we switch it over. But we start shipping these out and we start getting complaints coming in from people saying, you know, I, I received my product in a garbage bag. We're like, what? Yeah, it's like a big black, you know, garbage bag. You pick up garbage you pick up your leaves from your yard in i'm like what wow. send us a, a picture and <clears throat> so what was happening is some of these bags were leaking in the ups trucks and what the ups would do is just take this bag uh, <clears throat> you take our, bo- or our box that was kind of soaked and wet or from leaking alcohol in it and that was in with the wipes and throw it in a garbage bag and deliver it to the customer um yeah, like, you, you know you can't do this man um yeah. and so we started getting negative reviews Around that same time with the hand sanitizer, there was a big scare with some Mexican hand sanitizers that were using a, an alcohol, a wood-based alcohol that was proved dangerous. And there was a lot of um, older people that normally don't buy on Amazon, you know, grandmas and great-grandmas and great-grandfathers that were buying from nursing homes. And they started getting scared and they meth- they would mix up the names. We used ethanol and the mm-hmm. one that was bad was called methanol with an M, spelled the same way, just put an M in the middle uh, in the beginning. And so they would... They would get confused and write negative reviews. This is not safe. The government says don't buy this product. I'm surprised mm-hmm. Amazon allows you to sell it. So we were getting constantly taken down. We'd do a search, find, buy, spend 50 grand on a big promotion, and then the products would go down. Amazon's algorithm would take them down. My guy would have to get it back up. It was a constant fight. We had one product go down nine times uh, over the course oh. of several months. And so we just kept losing momentum, losing momentum, and then we'd get back and start rocking again, and then boom, down again. It was a constant fight, and then we had to deal with EPA claims because on wipes, if you say it's a disinfectant, then it, it, it's a pesticide, even if it's used yeah. for your hands. <clears throat> but if it's only used on your hands and you say it's just for sanitizing, it falls under FDA rules. So the Amazon's internal system couldn't recognize the difference, and so we were constantly having problems there. It was just a constant fight, mm. and, and we ended up saying, look, we're going to pivot more to the wipes. We saw the hand sanitizer was just too saturated. So, like, let's pivot. We ended up coming out with another product where we fixed all the problems. We fixed the white problems with the leaky bags and boxes. We ended up getting buckets. We fixed the, the problem with the smell. And we came out with a whole other line that was actually really, really good. If we would have had that from the beginning, we'd probably still be in business with that stuff today. Hmm. But um, then we um, said, hey, we could, let's do wipes with isopropyl alcohol, which is like the alcohol if you go and get a, a shot or, you know, or have your blood drawn. It's what the medical people use. It's better. We found a company in Vietnam, so that saved us the 25% Trump tariff, and these guys did an excellent job, really nice product. And we, we came out with, ordered a whole bunch of that because we saw the presidents or CEOs of uh, like of uh, the big wipes companies uh, yeah. like, uh, come out and say, yeah, we're not going to be back on stock on Walmart shelves until the summer of 2021. We're like, oh, we got a big runway here. We can take some, some market share. So we spent a lot of money on that, and by the time we got those in in November – and due to all the other issues with constantly getting shut down on Amazon for 
by the algorithm. And it, it got so bad, our, our guy at Amazon even wrote a letter all the way up to Amazon Legal saying, hey, leave these guys alone. These are like one of the top <laughs> sellers out there. They know what they're doing. This is the type of people we want. Isn't there a button you can flip on Amazon that says these guys are approved? They're okay. We've gone through all these hoops. And they're like, no, there's nothing we can do. Um, wow. And so it was just a disaster. We ended up, at the end of the day, um, lost about $1.2 million on it. Oh, my goodness. We, we did over $2 million in sales in a very short yeah. period of time. But with all this inventory that we had, you know, we spent about $400,000, $500,000 in ad spend just to get positioning. And so we, we, we would do it at a high ACOS because we knew that let's do this for a couple of weeks at high ACOS. We'll get to page one. And then you know, organically, it'll just take off. And we'd do that, get to page one. And then, boom, the product would get suspended for some reason. At the end of the day, we had, uh, earlier this year, we had a, a 3PL in, in Washington that was storing everything for us. And they were getting concerned about the fire marshal coming. You know, this stuff's all hazardous. And, and it was 470 pallets of wipes and hand sanitizer. 470 pallets? Yeah, about $900,000 at our cost. Yeah. And we had to donate 100% of it. It's, com- oh. it's completely gone now, um, and we donated 100% of it. We donated some to some charities. We had a couple of big charities that uh, they just came and picked it up, uh, big trucks uh, called Convoy of Hope. They came and picked it up. We donated it to some different uh, homeless shelters, churches, and at the end, we still had like 250 uh, pallets left or so, and we just basically uh, put out a, a notice in the Seattle area and said, hey, come and get it. And we had some points, this is a 3PL, big warehouse in, in mm-hmm. the Washington area, it had a, lines of 40 cars just backed up. People coming and just filling up their trunks, filling up their back seats, whatever, with as much product as they could take until we got rid of it all. And so at the end of the day, we're in the process of uh, shutting that down. You know, we'd taken a, a loan from seller's funding, which we've still got to pay off um, um, as part of this, you know, it's t- to buy some of the, I mean, we had guys put in seven figures of investment. I lost a bunch of money. All, everybody lost a bunch of money. Thank God that wasn't all my money. Yeah. Um, but they're not too upset about it because they've, they've killed it in crypto uh, and made, made that oh, up. Okay. So they're not, they're like, okay, you know, it didn't work. Uh, oh, well, but we, we've done well on some other crypto stuff. Uh, so luckily uh, it, it turned out to be, you know, nobody's mad at each other. Nobody's suing each other. Nobody's going crazy. It's just one of those things that you know, we got greedy. Um, we just tried to do it right, and we did it right. I mean, it's a case study. I mean, if you, you saw the Billion Dollar Star Sign, we did an hour. We showed all the emails, showed all the product packaging, all the jingles, everything. It, we did everything right. But d- despite that, market conditions and the Amazon algorithm killed us. And so a lot of people yeah. would say, oh, well, Kevin, I thought Amazon was supposed to be this big thing, and you're like this smart guy that knows it all. We did everything right, but still doesn't mean everything's going to work. Um, you know, some people eat well and run five miles a day and they still die of a heart attack. Um, sure, and sure. Same thing with Amazon. Uh, same thing can happen. And, and that's basically what happened. It hasn't deterred us, but we did put that other company on hold to focus on this. And it gave me a lot to do during the, the pandemic, you know, sitting at home. I could work 12, 14 hours a day on this project and coordinate and everything. So it worked really, really well. But at the end, it just um, didn't work out. But it doesn't mean that... Um, down on Amazon, or I think Amazon's not a great opportunity. I think it's still an amazing opportunity and still really, really good. And we're now doubled down on our, our uh, recycled plastics business, and uh, we think that's going to blow up really big, and there's something else coming behind that. So I'm super stoked about selling on Amazon. It hasn't changed anything. All right. Now, now you know, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, and and, you know, I don't think anybody could have predicted uh, – what happened last year and, and those kind of things that were that were happening to you th- th- this was completely kind of you know new new trails that that, that nobody's ever experienced on, on amazon before but but uh what would you have done differently or, or what can people learn from it because there i mean knock on wood you know hopefully there's not going to be some brand new kind of pandemic that makes another product like hand sanitizer completely you know trending um that that's kind of iffy but like what would the average amazon seller or what should the average Amazon seller like take from from your experience there? Well, the, the, probably the biggest, and, and my partners would agree with this, is is we overbought inventory. Um, I mean, we mm. we did projections that based on what we were doing in June and July and, and August, and we were trying to figure out, you know, where's this thing going? Is there going to be a cure, you know, coming in in October? When's the bottom? We knew there was going to be a bottom fallout. 
We knew that COVID was not going to last forever, but we thought people's attitudes would change. And so we thought, figured, and all the statistics, if you look at all the de- big data companies that do these big, you know, $10,000 reports, they're all saying the same thing that, you know, the sanitizer market the, is going to be higher for years to come because of this. People are more conscious of everything. So we knew that, but we knew that it would go down. But we, we are forecasting, we overbought on inventory. And part of that was because it was just taking so long to, to get yeah. stuff in. Uh, and shipped over, and, you know, it, these were coming as hazardous goods, so they had to go on special ships and special cargo, and it's just, there's a lot a lot to it, but when we were doing the forecasting, I was telling my partners, guys, you know, let's, let's not spend this much. We need to cut this order in half. You know, this is too risky. I, I know how Amazon works. This is their playground. They can make, they make all the rules. What if this happens and this happens? Um, oh, well, we'll just sell it to a wholesaler. We'll get it somewhere liquidated. It'll be fine. Uh, you know, in the end, we couldn't even liquidate this stuff. We had to donate. We, we put it out to liquidators. Come take it. Just pay shipping. Uh, and they're like, no, yeah. we're not interested. Um, it's just so much of in the market. So it was it was getting – so that's a little bit greedy. You know, we're, we bought too yeah. much inventory. And so even though things are going well, it might have been better just to run out of inventory uh, and, you know, and do some of the tricks that you and I teach. And we know, you know, close the listing or put it, stick it to back to an FBM or, or whatever with a long late date. Yeah. Than to buy as much inventory as you did. So that's the biggest thing. And the second is I would I would caution people to anything that's trendy like this. I mean, we knew this going in. We're went in eyes wide open. Uh, is be very careful on anything that's um, that could be you know it's seen as a, a little could be a fad or a big increase. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to make money. You know, if if we would have done this in February when the a month before when the guys first came to me with the idea. Uh, we probably would have had a much bigger head start and we actually might have broke even or make a little bit of money. Uh, so it's yeah. all timing, timing and inventory control and the ability to produce product. You know, Art Naturals, they cleaned up. They got into Whole Foods and they got everywhere. And, you know, they've done probably hundreds of millions of dollars in the PPE space. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, I, I think it's very sobering for, for, for people to hear that. Uh, and thank you for being transparent on on that issue, you know, not a lot of people want to admit that hey, they they had a had an L uh, that was in the seven figures. You know, like uh, the negative. You know, talk about being a seven figure seller. Or, you know, we had a negative seven figure uh, yeah, issue I'm here. A seven figure loser. A <laughs> seven figure loser. There we go. I love it. All right. Well, um, you you just briefly mentioned uh, you're doing uh, you have this new endeavor, and I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit because I I got to see a couple of the products, and you, you got like uh, I don't recall you being you you've probably done it before, but I don't recall your products, uh, you know, do, or you getting into licensing and things like that, but, but you've got a, a very unique, uh, product line that you're coming out with and you even got, you know, some, uh, a big name to, to want to be on board with licensing it. Can you talk about that new, uh, endeavor? Yeah, well, we, we had this idea before the PPE, you know, the guys, as, as I was telling the story earlier, they wanted to team up with me and had the guy with the money to do a, a, a whole, create a whole company based around products made from recycled ocean waste. So this is stuff that either is you know, bottles and plastic and stuff that comes out of the ocean or rivers, or it's, you know, littered around the edges of rivers or whatever. And you can take that stuff and melt it down. There's a whole process where you, you melt the plastic down and, and another company creates pellets out of it. And then you can take the pellets and make strings out, make fibers out of it. Then you can sew that into clothing, into backpacks, into all kinds of stuff. Uh, there's, uh, you know, Adidas and Nike do some of that with some of their, some of their workout stuff. Um, and so we saw a big opportunity there and, you know, there's a big movement towards that with a lot of people in the world or becoming more eco-conscious. And so we're like, what can we do here? Uh, and one of that opportunities my partners had was with these, these dog poop bags, uh, that were made out of this truly compostable, um, material. You know, there's a lot of dog poop bags on Amazon. It's a very saturated category. You know, I think it's a one half a star or something on x-ray if you pull it up and there's some people crushing it. But most of those people that are saying that their bags are compostable or earth friendly, it's it's BS. They're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is if you take it to industrial composting facility, they put it through these fancy machines. But but most people don't do that. So there's a lot of fake advertising, a lot of a lot of stuff that's just flat out wrong out there. And where they say this stuff biodegrades, it doesn't. It maybe does fifty percent. These guys had a factory that has have bags that literally within a few months go back to hydrogen and carbon and go back to nature. So if you're, if you're out, you know, walking your dog on a hike in the woods and then you need to mm-hmm. pick up his poo off the trail and you don't want to carry it with you to, you know, miles to the next trash can because you're in the middle of nowhere. If you just throw that over by a tree, it's going to completely biodegrade 
within um, a couple months back to nature. Nothing left, no, no, no trace left behind. And if an animal comes and happens to eat it, it's completely safe for an animal to eat it. It's completely safe if it ends up in the water. And so there's these bags cost a little bit more than the average bag. So you're not going to get you know bags for a couple pennies a piece uh, when you're buying like an Amazon um, brand or something uh, of these. Um, but but there's people that will pay for that and that, that want to support that. And so we decided yeah. to come out with that product. And when we were doing that, uh, I had someone that I know from the Amazon space contact me and say, hey, uh, Kevin, I know you know how to do stuff. And we have, um, I represent a company. It's one of the biggest companies in the outdoor space. Um, it's called Body Glove. Uh, you know, it's a big surfing brand. Um, they're looking for someone to handle some of their pet stuff. Um, would you be interested? And I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah, maybe, you know, we got these dog bags, but what are you talking about? And they sent me some of the products that some of the people had been doing in the past. And they're like, they just weren't happy with them. They didn't know how to do Amazon. They tried it with like three different companies and, so we worked out a deal, a contract, you know, for a licensing. We have to pay a licensing fee and meet certain minimums per year, and we're able to use their name. And so the idea behind that is instead of me having to build my own brand, we can basically leverage off of their 60, 70 years of, uh, of brand building. And not only that, all their connections that are out there. And so I can go up on to... And this is something I, I talk about in the Freedom Ticket is I think the, one of the big futures in selling on Amazon is actually licensing. Uh, and it is a way to stand out. You know, I always give the example, I think I gave that in the Freedom Ticket, of like a, a flashlight. If you're selling a tactical flashlight, um, you can have the coolest uh, tactical flashlight put up on Amazon. You're just competing against everybody else. If it's called, you know, Bradley and Kevin's brand, nobody knows who that is. But if it's if you license, get a license with the U.S. Army and say this is a U.S. Army a military grade tactical flashlight, you instantly you have credibility, instantly you stand out. And there's people that are looking for that kind of thing and you can rise above everybody else. And so we decided to do that. And the first products are, are dog life jackets, PFDs for dogs, because we're going to focus on the pet space. And so we're, we're combining where we're creating these different life jackets for dogs and we're using recycled plastics. So like the extra large one has, or the large one has eight bottles in it. Eight, it's eight you know, like big water bottles worth of recycled plastic in it. And so they're like 80% made of recycled. And we decided to, to go after the high end of the market and really make these killer bags. And, you know, the benefit we have is when we put them up on Amazon, and which, which we haven't done the launch yet, but we're already selling, just by putting them up on Amazon with that brand on it, we're already selling like five a day, five or six a day. With We have done no search, find, buy, no advertising, just throwing them up. And it's a competitive space. And, Body glove is like as soon as you have your big shipment in, that's well, we got influencers with a 200,000 followers that are ready to, to push this. Uh, we got uh, stores that are, you know, Dick's Sporting Goods and other places that are ready. And we send them samples and they're like, these are like some of the best quality products we've ever seen. Because I'm pretty good at creating high end products. And mm -hmm. like Walmart buys $33 million a year of uh, life jackets for humans from us. We could get you into Walmart, into the stores. Uh, by making an introduction, if you can come out, you know, the price point's too high now, but if you can come out with a, a slightly different version of this and, and engineer it down in price a little bit, we could get these into Walmarts. You know, and that, who knows what that could be? That could be five, ten, fifteen million dollars a year. Boom, right there, just because we have that license and that introduction that it would, might take years or if ever to get in if it was just Kevin and Bradley's life jackets. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that's, uh, it's going to be a good test to see where it goes, but they're so, they're happy enough so far that they're coming to us with other stuff um, and and uh, um, maybe putting together uh, a deal where we're creating an all-star team of Amazon sellers. So we're actually in the process of setting this up now for doing some things in the sports sports and out, uh, sports space, exercise space, um, with a license deal where we're going to put together a, a team of all-star sellers uh, to come in and, and people that are really good with logistics uh, and that someone else is really good at marketing, someone else is really good at off Amazon selling and, and create this all-star team and just blow blow up another licensing deal. So it's I nice. think it's exciting times and it's going to be interesting. And I think that's a, a direction a lot of Amazon sellers need to be thinking about seriously for the future because it opens up a lot of markets you can go into. Now, when we're source looking at a product, one of our criteria right now is that the product has to has to look like it's a good opportunity even without the brand on it. So even if it was Kevin and Bradley's brand would I still do this product? And so that's my criteria now for these first three products. 
And then once we get some data back to see if that really matters or not, or how much this brand actually matters and, and contributes, then we could shift focus maybe and go into markets that are more saturated that I might not go into otherwise. Uh, but we can because of the branding. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope people were paying attention there because, you know, there's, you know, we, we talk about different ways, especially with Helium 10, like, hey, look for product opportunity and, you know, use black box and use x-ray and see maybe some people, maybe you find a niche where there's not many reviews or, or nobody even has a product that matches the keyword, you know, kind of like what we did with Coffin Shelf and things like that. But remember, guys, if you do end up landing in a niche, you know, whether it's from black box or whether it's just random you know, finding um, a product opportunity on Amazon and you have the the normal quote unquote indications that it might not be opportunity or it's too late, like ah, everybody's got a thousand reviews and, and or, or this or that, don't always just immediately give up on that. There's a lot of different ways. You know, one of the ways in Project X for when we did the egg tray, like everybody had plastic egg trays, everybody's got a thousand reviews and high sales. You know, the, the traditional thought might be, all right, you know, just move on. But what we did is we went on Pinterest and Etsy and we're like, wait a minute, all of a sudden, wooden egg trays are trending everywhere. Maybe if we come in with something different, like a different material, wooden ones, even though all these big guys have thousands of reviews, maybe people would still be interested in ours. And sure enough, that worked out. Another way is like, hey, maybe everybody's got saturated like in this dog poop uh, market, but but you come in with something uh, unique, like the only one that's biodegradable or the only one that's made from ocean waste. Well, all of a sudden just the fact that everybody's, you know, more established and it might be saturated, that doesn't matter because you're the only one with that unique value add, you know, all the eco-conscious people would absolutely pick yours, even though it only had three reviews, as opposed to, you know, uh, another one that had thousands of reviews because, because that's what they like. You know, the, another one is that, that Kevin just mentioned right now is, is the license. Sure. You could be, um, you know, saturated in, in like a, a chopsticks market, but if you're the only one with, uh, you know, Star Trek or Star Wars licensed chopsticks, well, all the Star Trek or Star Wars fans, you know, they, they could care less that that the other ones have like a thousand reviews. You know, they want to get yours because you know, it's got their favorite character or, or, or favorite logo or something on it. So there's a lot of different ways to, to, to sell on Amazon. Don't just think, oh, I've got to find, you know, some unicorn market that nobody else is competing with. Um, there's, there's, you know, a few ways to skin a cat here on Amazon. Yeah, that's hard. I mean, I, what Bradley just said is, is the gospel. Uh, for those of you listening, I mean, go back and listen to what he just said. It's the gospel. I mean, on those dog poop bags, one of the ways we differentiate them is we create a video where we actually drop one of the bags into some hot water. You see the bag dissolve before your eyes, and then we drink the water. That's proof that this goes back to nature, and it's totally safe. There's a lot of times where I'm using x-ray, you know, for my company, Product Savants. I'm looking for product opportunities, and I'll come across something that's one star. You know, an x-ray and people are like, ah, dismiss that. No, uh, there may, there's a lot of great opportunities you know, that are one star on Amazon uh, or on x-ray if, if you mm -hmm. know how to put a twist on. Like Bradley said, you know, on the egg trace thing, look at the wooden side. You know, look, this market is good, but there's, a, there's another way to do it, either with licensing or with change of materials or something. So yep. sometimes you can, you can wiggle in there, especially if the market is deep. You know, and then the top three guys might have 10,000 reviews, but if guy number four has, you know, 500, and then guy number five has 300, and they're still selling 30 grand a month or something, you could wiggle in there, and it could be a good little business. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's, um, you know, I just uh, mentioned how you were visiting the office uh, a couple weeks ago, and actually the reason why he was doing that, uh, let him know, let, let the people know what, what's what's going on. Why, why were you uh, in the office other than the fact that, uh, uh, you missed us. Most of you know that uh, uh, you know I don't work for Helium 10. Some people think I, I was w work for them or I was one of the founders or something. No, uh, Manny and Guy are good friends of mine. I've, I've known them since they started it, uh, but I, I've never worked for Helium 10. I'm a I'm an independent contractor and I just do the training uh, for the Helium 10 Elite, uh, which is the advanced training, and then Freedom Ticket uh, itself, uh, which is the the training for new sellers. That's uh, you know if you got a membership to Helium 10. It's included for free. You know, um, see a lot of people in the Helium 10 group sometimes post, hey, what's a good course that doesn't cost me any money? And people usually pipe in like, you have a Helium 10, you're here in the Helium 10 group. Why don't you go to the Helium 10 Freedom Ticket course? It's free. Uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, I got voted the best course uh, in seller poll last year. We didn't do any. You know, a lot of other people were hustling out there to promote themselves, go vote yeah. for us and go vote for me and, you know, trying to influence results. And there's a few people that did pretty well in there because they, they asked all their their people to vote for them. We didn't do that. It just naturally got voted uh, number one as the best uh, 
training course out there. It's the most detailed um, by far of any course that's out there. And, you know, it was shot a couple of years ago. Uh, the, the 2.0, the first one was shot in 2017. Uh, then uh, we shot another one in 2019, um, Freedom Ticket 2.0. And then we're like, you know, we need to update this, increase the production values, bring in some more experts and change it around. There's a lot changed, a lot of new cool tools on EM10, new ways to do things. And we keep it up to date, but it got to the point where there's enough new things that we need to change. We're like, let's reshoot this thing. So we, we spent, uh, I spent a week out there with Helium 10, like Bradley said, and we, sh- we reshot, uh, I think I did about 80 some odd, mo- 80 or 90 modules uh, that I'm, I'm leading and talking about. And there's about 140 or so, 140, 150, somewhere in that neighborhood, um, total modules in there. Um, so about 80 or 90 of them are me teaching a lot of things. And then uh, Bradley has got quite a few where he's showing you how to use some, some cool tips and tricks on how to use the Helium 10 tools and to do things. And then we brought in 20 some odd guests that are just experts, like specialists in ManyChat or specialists in Facebook ads for Amazon sellers or specialists in writing listings or um, how to set up your account and uh, go through the vetting process and make sure you don't have problems when you're setting up your account, all those kinds of things. Um, we, we, we brought them in, they've, they've contributed a, a module. And so I'm super excited to, to, to have this out there. You know, the team at Helium 10, every time it gets bigger, you know, the first time I did it, it was me and, um, a buddy of mine, uh, in a, basically in a little studio here in Austin with, uh, four students that were live there. And we just taught it and kind of, it's kind of a half-assed, I mean, it was good content, but the, the production values weren't quite there. Freedom Ticket 2.0, it was Bradley and I, uh, and, uh, the, the video guy and a couple people on the team mm-hmm. and it, it turned out pretty good. And now it's like 50 people on the team involved and all these graphic artists and video editors and um, organizers and everything. And so I'm super excited to see how this one turns out and you guys are going to be able to see it here shortly. It's coming out uh, very, very soon and uh, it's going to get released, I think uh, two weeks at a time. So it's 10 weeks total of content. Um, uh, I think the runtime on it's something, uh, was it 40, 50 hours of content, something like that? I don't know the, the final number uh, once it's all edited, uh, but it, it's it's uh, 10 weeks and they're going to release it two two weeks at a time. Um, yep. So over the next, uh, once it gets released within five weeks, you'll be able to go through the entire thing. And it's great for new sellers, um, but it's also really good if you already have a business. You know, I've had several people that say, hey, I, I'm doing a million bucks on Amazon and what do I need some course for? You know, I know what I'm doing and I've had people yeah. come to us and say, you know what? I just curious and I poked around in there and I actually learned some things that I didn't know. Uh, so, or it's great for you. If you're already selling, have your team, you have your VAs. I think almost every new hire at helium 10 has to go through freedom ticket. Um, uh, that's dealing with the with customers and stuff. So, uh, it's not the only way, you know, it, it's complemented with project X, you know, and I think there's a new, new one of that coming as well. Um, that that's going to be cool. So there's there's not just one way to sell on Amazon, but we try to give you all the the ammunition, all the tools that you need to really create your own path. It's not a cookie cutter course. Like okay, here's the ten rules: do this, do this, do this, do this. It's how to think on your own and how to really come up with unique ideas and unique ways to sell, and they give you the best chance of success. And you know, there's other great people out there that teach uh, as well that have courses. So it, it's not the only course, uh, but I think it's it's a great one that. Uh, everybody should go through and get at least a foundation. And if, if you like the style of somebody else that's out in the space, um, no, no harm going to them. Just, just be very careful on anything you see on YouTube or any of the free stuff or any of the, the guys running a lot of Facebook ads. There's a lot of scammers and a lot of BS and a lot of out of date yeah. stuff. So just, just be careful. But, um, I'm super stoked to have this come out. Yeah. We got a lot of updated, uh, you know, updated things, you know, like, you know, we, we talk about things that we talked about in the last freedom ticket, but you know, we, we update it with new information for, for 2021 and 2022. And then we've got some modules that are brand new because they're about things that didn't even exist the last time we, uh, we, we, we did, you know, freedom ticket, like tons of stuff in, in PPC and other, and other things that have changed so much in the last, you know, year to, to two years. So, uh, it's really cool that we were able to update everything. And, and I think everybody's going to get a kick out of it. So you helium 10 members, Make sure to go check out the Freedom Ticket. If you need some information, if you're not a Helium 10 member, go to h10.me forward slash Freedom Ticket, and you can get some more information about about this course. Now, for the last part of this uh, show, you know, we always do uh, something on the show where we call it the the TST 30-second uh, tips, but 
uh, you know, I, I know better than to try and limit you to 30 seconds on, on, on anything here. So, uh, why don't you give us some, like, you know, however long it wants, but you know, let's keep it under five minutes total here. Um, why don't you give us some, some, some quick hitters, uh, on some of your latest uh, strategies that that you or your your uh, community have been uh, finding success with? Um, yeah, well, the best place to get those is at the Billion Dollar Solar Summit. So, you know, that's the highest, probably the highest mm-hmm. level event out there in the space. Uh, got one of those coming up uh, very soon. Uh, I do two of those a year, one virtual and one in person. But as far as a tip uh, that's working well, it's really something I learned from from you, uh, Bradley. That uh, that part kind of part of your Maldives um, uh, deal that you did. And, yep. and that's, uh, you know, we've even incorporated this into like product savants now with one of the, re- the reports we get uh, on some of the new products. We actually show these opportunities where you take the top keywords from what I do is from brand analytics. I know I think you talk about using Helium 10, but I take the, the top relative keywords from brand analytics for my product. Mm-hmm. And you might have a list of, say, 20, 30 of those. And then I go and I, I punch those into to the Chrome, brow- Amazon.com on the Chrome browser, pull up the X-ray extension. And, and then I don't really care what it's, what it's all showing there as far as stars and numbers and stuff. I go down to the fil- I'll go up to the filters and then I filter it. And one of the filters over in the lower right corner, when you build, bring up the lower right corner, when you bring up the filter uh, screen is, is title. And I just cut and paste that, uh, that brand analytics keyword phrase in there and, and see how many people actually have that in that exact form in the title. And sometimes it's, you know, like the word hand, I, I did this, here's an example uh, on this. I did it with hand, one of our hand sanitizer products. We had a bunch of uh, little 60 milliliter, which is like two ounce hand sanitizer bottles that were sold in a set of three. And when we launched it, we were trying to get rank on hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer, jail, hand sanitizer, travel size, hand sanitizer, mini bottles, all those kind of words. And uh, I, after Bradley came out with the Maldives technique, I was like, that's a pretty good idea. Let me go see what's in brand analytics now. And there were words, I do this monthly now because there's new words that pop up in brand analytics that weren't there the month before, maybe when you did your research six months ago. And one of the words that had come up was um, mini hand sanitizer party favors. And that didn't exist, you know, last year when we launched this product, that keyword didn't exist, or it might've been there, but there was no volume on it. So I wonder how many people have that in their title. And the product had slipped, you know, because of all the problems we have, we were on page four uh, for that, or page five for that keyword when you type it in. And, you know, it was generating 10, 15 sales a day, something like that. Um, I mean, I mean, for the top products on, on page one, 10 or 15 sales a day off of that keyword. And so I was like, let me see how many have that in their title. And so I ran, put, put that into Amazon, pulled up X-ray, did the filters based on title. One person had it out of 60 or whatever mm. the results were. One had, so I was, mm-hmm. I'm changing the title. So I went and changed the title, and, and as soon as I did, immediately our product got suspended by Amazon's algorithm, so I had to get it back <laughs> up. But as soon as I, because of all the other issues, but as soon as I got it back up, uh, we went from page five to page one in, in a day and started selling, instead wow. of selling basically none, because we were on page five off of that keyword, started selling uh, probably three or four, five a day, because the sales went up three or four or five units a day just by doing that. And I was like, let me try that for a few other things. I did that for a few other keywords, and and it did really well. I'm doing that right now on some of this uh, body glove stuff. I didn't go after the big, huge keywords because we haven't done our big launch yet. Uh, but I, I did the same thing, took the top 20 or so and punched those in and see which ones are nine, are not very competitive. And Now, these are not keywords that have you know 100,000 searches. They're the few thousand, the three or 4,000. Put those in the title. Almost from day two or three, we're, we're, we're on page two. And as soon as I get one sale, a lot of times you're on page one. And so that's a great way to get some momentum going and to get to get the wheels rolling before you do a big promotion or a big launch. And I know you've done a, a podcast and stuff on this and you did a huge uh, research project with one of the launch services and yep. y'all came with a formula and adjusted it. And if you haven't paid attention to that or haven't gone to listen to that, go do it because it can make a huge difference in how much money you spend to launch and how successful and how fast you can launch something. Yeah, guys, that's uh, episodes. We, we we go into detail in episode 250 and episode 200 of the Serious Sellers podcast where we go into that. And, and actually, since we've filmed those episodes, we, we've done a couple of things on the Helium 10 side to make it a little bit easier to, to be checking the, the titles and keywords. Now in Magnet and Cerebro, any keyword that you that, that comes up, you'll actually be able to see now, you know, uh, how many page one listings have that in the title, you know, without having to go onto uh, Amazon and count. So so that that's a 
another plus there. So, you know, Kevin, you, you mentioned productsavance.com and, and is actually today's a momentous day because I'm like, you know what? I keep hearing all this hype about this stuff. You know, I want to invest, uh, in this and, and, and see what happens when, uh, when Kevin King uh, picks my product uh, for me on, on Amazon. You know, I've done Project X. I've done Project 5K. I don't know what I'm going to call this, a Project uh, Project K, you know, <laughs> or something. That sounds like a cereal or something. But, um, but hey, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test that out. But, but can you tell me what, what exactly, uh, what does Product Savants do uh, for people so people know what we're talking about here? Yeah, probably the, the way it started, Steve and I were talking a few years ago, Steve, uh, partners with this on Steve, with Steve Simonson. We were talking a few years ago at an event, and like the pain points a lot of sellers have is is finding new products, uh, and and then sourcing it. You could you could find opportunities, but then you, you can jump on Alibaba or whatever. But uh, finding a good factory and sourcing this at a good price, and 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 really making sure you're getting the right deal uh, is hard. And so sure. we decided, you know what? There's a lot of people that have these done for you services, and most of those are a joke. There's people that have there's websites where you can go and they'll give you a product idea for 150 bucks, um, but they sell that same idea to 50 different people. We said, now let's do this right, and let's gear this not to new sellers, but to experienced sellers because they're the ones that have the least amount of time, but they also have the most experience and they have the money to invest. And so, what as I'm looking for products for my own businesses, I stumble across things that just don't fit into my brands. You know, I may be looking for. As I'm scrolling through brand analytics, I've done webinars on this, and actually in the new Freedom Ticket, we show you how to use brand analytics to come up with some ideas. And I'm seeing stuff that looks cool, but you know, I've got a pet brand, and I I, I can't sell something in automotive, and I don't want to really go set up another brand right now. I don't have time, but someone else could do this, and an experienced seller can run with this. So I'll find a product opportunity that looks good, and I'll vet it with Helium 10, with X-Ray, and a couple other tools, just kind of a cursory betting, and then I give it to our team in China that Steve got a team over there that's been doing this for 20 something years it's, it's not just one guy it's not, not like one sourcing agent it's like a team and they go out and they spend days sometimes weeks finding factories talking to them seeing who's reliable getting pricing and then every week every tuesday steve and i have a call with the entire team uh seven o'clock at night my time because it's morning in china and they present us like here's the factories that we found here's the pricing and we'll, steve and i'll go back and forth we'll go ask them if they can do this do it this way or add this variation or, or change it like this and we'll whittle it down to where in the end, you know, probably 60% of the products don't make the mustard because the, we can't get the good enough price from the factory, too much duty on it, not enough margin, whatever, but about 30, 40% of them make it through. And then what we do is we create a, um, as you'll see, Bradley, is I know you just signed up for a product. We create a huge report and it's like a 30 page report. It's got like, it's got helium 10 data. It's got some, uh, data from other sources, other software tools, some proprietary, shows all the competition, all the keywords. You have everything that you need, uh, it's, it's listing analysis, introduction to the factory, everything. And, and we give that to you. And then it's it's up to you. We're, that's, we're done. Um, so then you take it and you put your own twist on it, your own brand, your own packaging. You do the launching. And um, that's what it is. So it's, it's kind of like here's a product opportunity on a platter. Uh, now, your success or failure is going to determine on how well you can execute. And so that's why we don't, this is not for new people. So if you're brand new and haven't done a product yet, we won't, we won't accept you. You have to have been selling and everybody that buys a product, if you haven't bought one before, you go through a vetting process to make sure you actually know what you're doing. And if, if you bought the product and you don't, we just refund your money. Um, and the products, there's an upfront cost. It ranges from a couple thousand dollars to $10,000. And that's basically based on how, how good of an opportunity is the product? We don't do anything that can't do at least $10,000 a month in sales. And that basically just covers our upfront costs because typically by the time a product gets to that point where we're presenting it to a potential buyer, we've spent, Steve and I each have 20 hours at least in it and our time's pretty valuable. And then our whole team has some cases, hundreds of hours. And it's always sad when we kill a product and team has worked for a month finding suppliers. And then at the end, it's just like, Sorry, guys, uh, this is not going to work. The numbers just don't work. Yeah. We kill it. And then then, the, then the, on the back side, there's a 5% royalty. So we that's where we make our money. So if you're not successful, we're not successful. And so that's what the Product Savants is all about. We've had some very, uh, very successful people um, that, that, that come back over and over for multiple products and are, are doing quite well. Yep, yep. Uh, that's cool. So I was like, you know what? I got to try this out. 
because I've told some people about it, but you know, I usually don't like telling people about stuff if I haven't tried it out myself. I know you're the same. Uh, you're the same way when you when you you know mention vendors and stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is and uh, go ahead and give this a, a shot. So you guys will be in the next few months uh, be getting some content uh, about my my Project K <laughs> there. Awesome. Anyways, um, the the website for that and, and Billion Dollar Summit and things. You know, the ways that people can find you on the interwebs out there. Uh, yeah, probably just you know you can go to Facebook and and. Uh, that's probably the best way. Um, yeah, the billion dollar seller summit.com. It's an event I do. There's one coming up, uh, middle of September. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, it's in Austin. And then there's a virtual one in February of next year. And then another live one in August of next year. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, join helium 10 elites or catch me on the freedom ticket extra. Actually, it's probably the best. If you really want to talk to me one on directly, uh, freedom mm-hmm. ticket extra is your best way. Yeah, freedom ticket extra. You know, it, freedom ticket is, a uh, is a course that's included with uh, any membership level of Helium 10. So no matter what membership level you have, you have access to Freedom Ticket at no extra charge. Four Mondays of every month, I go on and I do a live Q&A. Actually, three of those Mondays, I do a live Q&A. And these are usually an hour, hour and a half. And there's no pre, pre-vet questions. It's no like, send me your questions in advance and let me choose the ones I, I want to answer. It's all live. So you come on live. It's in a webinar kind of format. And you just type in your question. I read it out loud, and I do my best to answer it. And we, we stay until every question is answered. Uh, and then once a month, I bring in a, a guest that's uh, going to talk for about an hour on a topic that we don't cover in Freedom Ticket. But they're going to go into more detail on something that we cover in Freedom Ticket. And you can see a sample in the new Freedom Ticket 3.0. There's actually uh, a couple modules in there. There's one that's a sample module from Paulina uh, that you can actually uh, see kind of what, what the guest kind of content is like. And then there's a, also... We shot, a, I, I did one live in the office. I did one of the Q&As. And so I think there's a, a short little, uh, you know, it's edited down. It's not the full hour, hour and a half, but uh, you can get an idea of how that works. And uh, that's a great way uh, to really supplement your knowledge and, and meet some other sellers and get some great information and, and talk directly to me through Freedom yep. Ticket Extra. Awesome. So if you guys want more information on that, just go to h10.me forward slash FTX. Uh, all right, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. It's super exciting to to, to see the the launch of the new Freedom Ticket. And uh, thanks for being transparent with uh, with your failures of last year. And it's cool to see your uh, you know what you're working on um, now. So we'll definitely be be, be talking to you uh, next year. It's I'm, I'm looking here at the uh, the history. I, the reason, guys, why I love having Kevin on this show. I, I've got this program that I use to to record my audio. It just has my audio, and it's like kind of like think like a Richter scale. You know how it, it shows the volume peaking. Only with Kevin, there are these like seven minute gaps, right? There's nothing on my <laughs> on my audio track because Kevin just talks and talks and talks. Like I was actually fulfilling some wholesale orders and a bunch of stuff while, while Kevin was talking. I just got tons of work done here because I know I can just like give Kevin one question and he'll take it for a, like a good 10 minutes. So thank you for that, Kevin. Yeah. But uh, And don't forget everybody too to join uh, Bradley and I speaking of questions and answers. Bradley and I do a, a every other week mm-hmm. on Clubhouse. Uh, if you're not on Clubhouse, uh, look for the, the Freedom Ticket group on Clubhouse, and we do about an hour or so every other week. Uh, it's on Tuesdays, um, typically at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern or 2 p.m. Pacific, uh, where we, we have a, a nice group on there, and we bring on some special guests and stuff too. So feel free to join us there whenever you can as well. Awesome, awesome. All right, Kevin, thanks a lot, and we'll see you later. All right, take care, man.